0: With the first pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson.
1: Welcome back to the Pelly Podcast. Uh, we just finished the first game. I truly apologize about the intro. We'll get that corrected soon. Uh, just got to get a new beat made and everything like that. As always with me, Jonathan Palazzola and Tyler Nye. How are you guys feeling after uh, a first win? Woo! Dude, I was I was nervous as
2: shit to start this game. I don't know if y'all were or not. Yeah, definitely. I really was,
1: man. But, well, uh, something Tyler and I were talking about is, is the team historically... You know, start slow, right? Mm-hmm. The last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think somebody was saying today the best the best start we had was like five and five in the first ten games. But for the most part, it was like one and nine, two and eight. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of get this first one out the way, um, hopefully that kind of
0: foreshadows the. Yeah, and what I was telling Jesse is because Jesse had a good point. He had said it on uh, a previous podcast was that uh, you know with having a new coach, a bunch of new players, obviously it can. And with the pandemic and everything else going on, um, it's definitely a reason to start slow again. But I'm like, maybe it was a gentry thing, you know. Um, I mean, when you have 30 minute practices,
1: <laughs> dude, I didn't <laughs> know that. That was an interesting quote to hear. Yeah, that and you could tell,
0: like, if Jackson Hayes said it, that's probably what happened because you know, he probably didn't really know he. You don't really hear players talk about practice lengths Wentz. and stuff like yeah. that. Jackson
2: Hayes is a fucking idiot for saying that, <laughs>
0: but I'm happy he
2: did because yeah. you know, that that definitely speaks to why we're so unprepared. And another thing that people said about Gentry compared to this is um and we knew it already, that Gentry was a very go with the flow, um, free moving, like read and react offense. And I think we saw it tonight, man. It was very nice to see structure in our half court. It was definitely yeah. a difference. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure.
0: 100%. And we kind of saw that in the preseason game. So did, you know, like, and you just never know coming into an actual regular season game, how it's actually going to play, what's going to happen. Is Stan Van Gundy going to stick to his rotations? You know, who's actually, uh, you know, coming first off the bench and things like that. And uh, is the defense actually going to play how they're supposed to? And, uh, I mean, we saw a lot of that from the game tonight. So, to, to kind of recap, Pelicans won tonight
1: by a score of 113-99. to 99. Um, It was really the third quarter that kind of put us over the edge tonight. Um, I mean, after half, I mean, before halftime, it was kind of, you know, same old Pelicans, he- heavy on the turnovers, couldn't make free throws. Um, they were struggling to get the ball in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson's hands. But, uh, you know, they kind of figured some things out in the third quarter and really started putting some things away. Um, Just to kind of go over everyone's stat line, Steven Adams with uh, eight points, three assists, eight rebounds, and two blocks, four steals. Uh, Alonzo Ball had 16-2-5, 2-1. Eric Bledsoe, 18-6-2, 1-1. Brandon Ingram, 24-11-9, 1-3. Zion, 15-3-10, 1-1. And we'll go ahead and just throw JJ's name out there because, I mean, he played his fucking ass off 23-1-3, no blocks and no steals, but you don't really expect that from him. But just going back to uh, each player um, and talking about their individual performance, let's start off with Steven Adams. Uh, I I thought he played way better than, than...
0: anticipated eight rebounds and eight steals uh it's i mean eight eight, eight rebounds and eight points i'm sorry uh <laughs> eight <steals. laughs> a wish uh yeah it says a lot more than what that says um just you know you, you see that and, you know, somebody looks at the box score they'd be like oh adams didn't do much or that's what we get from favors and stuff like that but if you actually watched him on the court absolutely banging in the paint um, you can see why David Griffin was so ecstatic to give him a two-year extension, and it, his screens, like you know, they were talked about, uh, is a big reason Brandon Ingram had the third quarter he did, you know, and yeah. got to close the game the way he did. So uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Stephen Adams had an amazing game, and uh, Toronto disrespected him a little bit, and he he made him pay with, <laughs> with a couple of nifty moves, a I couple. Mean, of time. Come on, if you if you Euro step in Stephen Adams, dude, my yeah. goodness, dude. Dude,
1: so the, the Eurostep... Euro step. So so, I watched the game with Tyler, and the, and the Euro step happened, and dude, I I, I just lost. Yeah. I, I, I was <laughs> like, oh my god! Jesse tried the Euro step. Yeah. So no, I, I mean, it's just it's 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 great to see a, a center. He he had some passes um, that were impressive. He also had um, great court awareness. You know, his hands were great. You know, he caught the ball. Just certain things we were not used to seeing from a center, mm-hmm. especially watching Jackson Hayes's minutes because. Uh, yeah, I like what
2: somebody said. Yeah. They said if you want to see the value of uh, Stephen Adams, watch Jackson Hayes play. Yeah, um, but man, it was nice to see guys like at one point Stephen Adams and and Eric Bledsoe. I thought were our best players on the court before, especially before the third quarter. Yeah, well, um, you know Bi and Zion and Lonzo started to help out a lot after that. But uh, man, like seeing Stephen Adams and, and Eric Bledsoe just do all these little things right shows you that they're, they, they've they come from winning organizations.
0: And that goes to show you part of what Griffin's goal was in the off season was to bring in guys like that who can, you know, when the things aren't going right for the young guys, Zion and Lonzo both have three fouls. They're sitting out. Um, and, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram's shot's not falling at first or anything like that in the first half. You know, they got these guys who can pick them up and just be constant professionals. And yeah. bring in that, you know, high level quality of play. But we all know is not a shooter, but guess what? They yeah. Toronto dared him to shoot and he knocked him down and made yeah. him pay.
2: And I, I like what um Joel Myers said. So when they were they went on a little run in the second quarter, they were up like, like what, twelve, thirteen, fourteen points at yeah. one point. Yeah, it was like and fourteen or something. And like Steven that. Adams sub back in and Joel Myers was like, Yeah, it's time to um we're getting a little out of hand. It's time to calm things down and, and put our guy back in. And Steven Adams came back in, and we cut the lead down to seven before half. So, I, that that's what he brings. He brings uh, amazing screens. He brings Euro-stepping, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I'll honestly, watch, his, just watching him play,
0: just it's as, clearly obvious the team's better with yeah, him on the Yeah, and his activity on the boards, yep. too. Like, he yep. wasn't getting rebounds, but he was getting his hand in there and getting the ball back up in the air and, you know, um, just – keeping it alive in the paint and then just like watching him run players off of screens going as far up as like way past the three point line to come all the way down and, you know, play perfect defense is great. He's, he's not like a perfect rim protector, but he was just, his, his presence is just always felt. It wasn't like favors where they can just kind of like go right, over him. Right. You're not going over him.
2: And it's, it was nice to see that he's not afraid to have the ball in his hands at the top of the key either. Like he made the right passes quite often. Yeah. And, and when the offense was kind of stagnant, he just became a body. Like he just became available for a pass, like an outlet, and it was nice.
1: And then I found his this, his hands in the passing lanes were pretty active. I mean, that's how yeah. he was able to get more yeah. steals tonight. I mean, yeah, I just felt like there was a couple times where where guards would try to, um, you know, do a bounce pass inside, and every time his hand was there to to knock the ball loose or to or, or to intercept, and it just, you know, it's different. You know, like I said, we, we we've been wanting someone who can anchor down that spot and who can play the center at a high rate. And uh, he proved that tonight.
0: We're going to enjoy having him. Yeah, yeah. he And what was funny is when he's in the paint, too, and you talk about his passes and stuff like that on the offensive side, actually, when he was getting pretty much pounded in there, like, uh, you know, getting reached for the ball, he's just calm as shit. He just, like, doesn't – it's like little flies around him. And he's yeah. just like, yep, I'm going to pass it out here. Like, didn't bother him at all. Yeah, I, I love that.
1: So let's move on to the next guy. Probably the most controversial player on the team. Uh, Lonzo Ball. We'll start off with this. He uh, did not sign his an extension with the team. Mm-hmm. He right. bet on himself, and tonight he kind of um, he had he had a few moments uh, where he kind of it seemed like he he was getting pulled out the game because he was turning the ball over left and right. I think right. he had like three straight turnovers. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought he played. I thought he played well. I mean, I'm going to say something tonight, and it's going to blow your fucking minds, but. If you had, I mean, it's kind of a lead-in, but if you had to take a guess at who shot the most free throws on the Pelicans tonight, who, who would you say?
2: Don't tell me it was Lonzo.
1: It was Lonzo Ball. That's
0: exactly what we want to see.
1: Yeah, he he had six. He had six free throws. That's what. He and he was
0: months. not only that; he was our best free throw shooter yeah. Yeah. by a mile, dude.
1: You realize six <laughs> free throws is like half his career total. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dude, true. he's been like he's just been so bad at getting to the line and and even worse shooting it. So just to see that improvement has been great. And then he was four of eight from three-point land. Just um, a good shooting game. For yeah, the just mobile. a good shooting game. If, if, if look, if if he can do this on a nightly basis, then, yeah, the Pelicans are going to have to pay him.
2: Nope. Yeah, pay that, man. Dude, if this is the Lonzo we get, especially the second half Lonzo, um, first half Lonzo was a little rough because of turnover issues. And yeah. Stan Van Gundy even said that before the season. We're going to have to try to balance uh, the turnovers with... Lonzo just making those special plays that he seems to do about once a night with his passes. So yeah. um, in the first half, it was more of – oh, my – that was beautiful, by the way. Um, It was more of him turning the ball over, and in the second half, he started to seem calm down, make some beautiful shots, make some very smart plays, setting up the offense really well. He ran the pick and roll tonight extremely well. Um, He and Eric Bledsoe both, like props to both of them. But, uh, yeah, if this is the Lonzo we get all year – pay this guy like
0: i want him here long term for sure
2: um i know some people are going to be mad about that but uh yeah (laughs) i i I definitely want to see him here long term if this is him
0: so contract talks always kind of bore me a little bit in in basketball because i'm watching basketball not an excel spreadsheet um but does it seem like david griffin doesn't really do extensions he didn't do a bi last season He's not doing it with Lonzo and Josh Hart this season. Maybe he wants them to be come into the season motivated and use that as a thing to help the team, or is it just maybe the numbers don't work out? I,
1: th- I think it's a little bit of both. Let's be
0: realistic. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, because if I'm Griffin, I want to see more from Lonzo, and I want to see more from Josh Hart before I pay him $60, 70000000 like some of the players just got paid. Like and I love Josh Hart and you know on the podcast we've been his biv- biggest advocate you know uh, but is he a seventy million dollar player is yeah. that like that's it that's a piece of your car that's a start that's starter money he's got to start making seventy million dollars a year no absolutely so um, yeah and, is, and I don't I, really blame uh, people are mad that he didn't sign Hart to an extension and stuff but you see what Derek White getting seventy million dollars. Um, and Luke Kennard making sixty million dollars and stuff like that, you know. Let's let's slow down. Let's see what happens. He's both are restricted free agents. We have the rights to him. If somebody does throw the bank at him, uh, you know that then that's the risk that we take. But better do that than mortgage our future flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. And worst case scenario, it's a sign and trade situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if Lonzo play like he did tonight, I, I want him
2: here. I don't yeah. even want to worry about this. And, it.
0: and I'm actually. And if you'd asked me six months ago, I'm actually more. I would have told you I would more like Josh Hart. I'm actually really wanting Lonzo to work out and be the guy that we end up re-signing for sure. If we have to lose, if we have to lose one, right? If right. You have to, because that might be the case. Because both these guys can be really good players, and that's just the sad fact is you can't pay everybody. Um, I mean, I think Lonzo is. If he can play like you said, Jonathan, the way he's playing mm-hmm. tonight and stuff like that, he's the he's he can potentially be that third guy. Yeah, you know,
2: I think so. Long term, I agree. I agree.
1: Um, one thing I was kind of shocked about Alonzo tonight, I only had two assists. Um, usually he's kind of up in the eight to ten range.
2: Yeah, and it was, but t- B- Toronto
0: Toronto played really well defensively. But uh,
1: Bi brought the ball up the court a lot tonight. Right, yeah, right. Bi became playmaker. the
0: playmaker. And Toronto's defensive scheme was really, really interesting to watch. Um,
2: First off, man, I was watching them, and there was three straight possessions at one point where they played three different defenses. Yeah, yeah. So they they I played exactly. man, like tight man on one possession, then they played zone, and then the next play they played man, but they had um, Fred Van Fleet kind of playing like a center-like, safety role almost, where he was sagging off Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just weird. It was interesting. They definitely said Zion... They went and zone a little bit there. Yeah. And that was to prevent us from getting into the paint. So they yeah. definitely said, yo, y'all aren't going to get into the paint. Zion, if you touch the ball and you're in the paint, you're going to have three guys on you. You better knock down your shots because um, that's what we're giving you. And luckily... Uh, Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, yeah, yeah. he stepped up big time.
0: So I'm sure we'll get to Lonzo, but you can, I mean Zion, I'm sorry. But with Lonzo, you can see uh, Brandon Ingram being the facilitator and just the team in general. Um, you know, we talk about like the Pelicans potentially being a low basketball IQ team, making a lot of stupid mistakes and stuff like that. And we've seen some dumb mistakes tonight for sure, as you would with a young team. But uh, I was actually really impressed with how they adjusted to what Mm -hmm. toronto's game plan was um and i think lonzo the him not him having only two assists is a is just a part of the game plan it worked out that way and you know well yeah i mean they just they were sagging off of our guards the entire time so also he didn't really get benched he 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 had three three fouls fouls. so he couldn't come back in until the third quarter anyway so that has a lot to do with it as well
2: yeah but i i agree i'm happy we made the adjustments you saw Toronto literally was just clogging the paint. So, whenever we had any type of dribble penetration, the the help defense was just making sure that you weren't getting into the paint. So, they left the three-pointers open. We knocked them down. Um, They left some jump stops open in uh, mid-range as well. We knocked those down with J.J. Redick. And- yeah. It was it was nice. And you saw with Josh Hart and
0: Lonzo a couple times, even though they left the three open, they would close hard. Yeah. And you saw Lonzo and Hart both hesitate on a couple of jumpers. And you know, we had a couple shot clock violations because of it and yeah. stuff like that. So their defense is they're it's definitely nice. they're they're definitely gonna be a playoff team if you know that's how they play in defense on game one. Yeah.
1: So the next guy we're gonna talk about is Eric Bledsoe. Um you know, he had, he weighed, what, sixteen points, he was four of nine shooting. Um, right, no, six 18, 12. eighteen, six to twelve, six assists, two rebounds. As far as his opening game as a Pelican, I thought he played great. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm not gonna do like this Drew comparison, right? Like go like, oh, well, was it you know, was it worth it? Was it? All I can say is, as far as Eric Bledsoe goes, I felt like there was never a moment in the game where I, I was like, man, that was like the dumbest move I've ever seen. I felt like he just consistently played his game and, and provided the Pelicans with just an overall extremely consistent player. Let me uh, let me make the Drew comparison really quick. <laughs> no, honestly, Dude, do it. No.
2: No, sure. real talk. If that's the Eric so we get this full year, like, what a trade. Because that's not that much of a downgrade. Also, man, just the things, like I, I said this earlier, man, just the things that he does on the court that provides, um, like, a winning culture for us. Yeah. Like, the little things, like the hustle plays, the, like that like, one where he uh blocked the alley oop attempt. Yeah, blocking alley oop attempt, like when he's driving, he knows when to throw his hands up to get a quick foul on the defense. Mm-hmm. Um out the pick and roll, he sees immediately if the three if the guy at the three point line is open, so he just gets it to him immediately and gives him he's the a- shot. He knocks down wide open shots. And he was in the right yeah.
0: spots to do that because that's an important yeah. part of it, is being in the right spots to adjust to those defenses. So he knew because he was the one who was always getting it because he knew where to go.
2: But I mean, there was that one, there was definitely one point in the game where I was like, Eric Bledsoe is the best player on our team in this moment, um, and he. I feel he was, like you
0: could have said that for like five different players. Y- yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. mean,
2: Eric, to say that about Eric Bledsoe, first game in yeah. Pelicans, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of people before this season literally said, I can't see Eric Bledsoe playing for us this season with all the guards that we have. Um, you know, and for him to come out and play as well as he did and to show that he fits, I love it. I love it. And uh, he was definitely, like, one of my top three players tonight for the Pelicans. I,
0: and I'll, I'm going to actually talk about him with a player who, who didn't play tonight, but with Kyra. I think he's a great player for Kyra to sit behind Yeah. Um, and see how he plays. Yeah. Um, because he has that explosive speed, um, and you can see it, and he's, he's not really out of control with it either. Like, he gets within, a, you know, he, he, he plays within himself, um, is a big thing with Eric Butzo. You know, he didn't take that many shots. He didn't try to, like, you know, carry the team. Like, he, you know, as hot as the second quarter as he had, you know, where he was hitting, he hit three threes, I think, in that second quarter. You think he would, you know, just keep shooting the rest of the game and get his, but... You know, he gave it to Brandon Ingram when his time came and stuff like that. So um, I think that's a really good, you know, and that might be a part of it. That's a really good uh, person for Kyra to look up to and watch and emulate. Yeah, and I thought he played
1: like a second team all defensive guard tonight, too. Mm -hmm. That was going to be my next question. How do you guys feel um, as far as going from Drew Holiday to Eric Bledsoe? You know, what's... Is there that much of a drop off? There's a drop off, not
0: team defense, but as far as like on ball. There's a drop off as far as versatility. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you're not going to have like Drew Holiday, real shit in a Gentry type offense would have had Drew on Pascal. Like, you know, um, Eric Bledsoe obviously is not doing that. And as we talked about before, that's not necessarily a bad thing because Brandon Ingram now has to own that. And we'll talk about him a little later, but he obviously did that. But with Eric Bledsoe, I thought, he, I thought he played really well. I thought a lot of the shots that, you know, Kyle Lowry made early on and stuff were contested. Um, they fought around screens pretty hard. Um, didn't really make any boneheaded plays defensively that I saw. You know, I think he had a good game. Did he have like a, one of them crazy Drew, uh, Dames, my son type game? No, but it was, I mean, you can see why he's all NBA uh, defensive player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Drew Drew
2: had that, I don't know, kind of like this special trait about him where he can take the other player's best player and just create a black hole for him, you know, individually. But uh, like I said, man, Eric Bledsoe just brings that extra little like veteran presence where he does the little things right. Um, and there was no point today where I was frustrated with Eric Bledsoe. Oh, not at all. Um, you know, and that happened quite often with Drew when we asked him to do too much. But with Eric Bledsoe, he definitely played within his element today. He stepped up and made the shots when he needed to. Um, and I really can say, out of all the players on the team tonight, I think Eric Bledsoe made probably the fewest mistakes. And that's a that's a big positive sign for the Pelicans moving forward, especially coming from a team last season who made nothing but mistakes quite often. So, uh, yeah, good pickup, man. Good, like, underrated yeah. Underrated piece in that trade package.
0: And he was, if I'm looking correct, yeah, he was second in the team in minutes too. Yeah. I mean, that's mostly because Lonzo uh and Zion both had to uh sit right, right. for an extended amount of time. But yeah, I
2: don't uh, think I don't think Bledsoe averages eighteen per game, but it's nice to see okay, BI's not hitting, Zion's not hitting, Lonzo's in
0: fall trouble, who's gonna step up?
2: I mean, Eric Bledsoe was that guy.
0: There is a Slight deviation. I have to make. There's a problem we have to discuss since we name most of the players with this issue. Our free throw shooting is horrendous and can easily be the worst in the league. We uh we mentioned that what on podcast a couple weeks ago.
2: Free throw shooting has to improve. Yeah. Well, we got there. Now we need to start making these motherfuckers.
0: I mean, Steven Adams is not a great free throw shooter. Zion, like he's been working on it, but he went one for four tonight. Like. It's.
1: I mean, the team shot fifty percent tonight from the line. It's. Uh, yeah, that's pretty that's, bad. That's, that's that's on par for our Pelicans team. Like, that, well, it's. I just feel like that should uh, like that shouldn't be acceptable. Bottom right? of it's, the
0: barrel teams are in the you know low seventies as far as free throw shooting. Yeah. Well, the good news is we're getting there, and I think we're going to keep getting there.
2: So just this sun, uh, you know, shine a positive light on this. It, I can only go up,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, well, you, the last preseason game was just as bad. Yeah. Uh, God yeah. damn
1: it,
2: Jesse. I mean, Tyler, just let me fucking be positive. I wanna be positive. All right, but I, I just had
0: some. It, I, I gotta throw it's, it's gotta, hard to be
1: positive when it's like kind of like a trend of the team It's
0: hard to be positive as a Pelicans fan, okay? You're right. We I can't yeah, get we my be hopes fucking up too positive
1: much. tonight though, because we gotta win. So yeah. And and it was mainly attributed to this guy, Brandon Ingram. Um Dude, he's he's a motherfucking animal, bro. He is he is a legit fucking beast, dude. Like, I, he's he's my favorite Pelican Hornet player ever.
0: Really? Wow, yes. already That's saying something. Yes,
1: I I love watching him play more than
0: anybody I've ever watched play. Yeah, he. I can't even begin to tell you. Like a lot of the people's games that we talked about tonight, that this guy had a good game and this guy had a good game. A lot of that was product of Brandon Ingram.
2: Yeah, Brandon yeah. Ingram was definitely the MVP tonight. He if was the pick one.
0: He was the facilitator, the leading scorer, owned a lot of things on defense. Very he active and, on the boards, leading rebounder, had three steals. <clears throat> he, uh, wh- how we talk about like what they did with Toronto's defense. I don't know if you saw it, but Joel, Joel or Antonio Daniels, I forget which one actually mentioned it when it happened. I'm um, pretty sure it was Antonio Daniels, but they were running. They were, they were basically. Sagging off, and you know, making them shoot. So Brandon Ingram really couldn't get a drive going or anything happening. So he had to facilitate. And then as soon as they started playing up on the three point line, Brandon Ingram immediately attacked and got a free throw. Got free throws out of it. It's just Um,
2: I'm happy that Stan Van Gundy said before he was even the coach of the Pelicans, he said that Bi can be that playmaking distributor type of guy. And so, seeing him morph into and I don't want to make like the blatantly um obtuse comparisons, but seeing him turn into a guy like Luca or seeing him turn into a guy like uh kD and seeing him turn into a guy like LeBron James where the ball is in your hands and they expect you to score or facilitate like that's what I saw at bi tonight and that's
0: so important for the end of games uh for crunch time because you, you can't be one dimensional as a player like the all the players you just said because. When they drive to the rim and the defense is collapsed, they can easily just kick it to the corner, and that's actually the backbreaker, you know, as LeBron's done so many times. And that's what Brandon Ingram's starting to do, and that's what he did all game tonight. He Mm -hmm. was kicking it to the exact right person. Right. I mean, he, uh, as a facilitator, if he he actually takes this step, watch out. And, you know, when he comes off that screen, and, like, Steven Adams gives him so much space. yeah, He comes off that screen at the – on – you know, right on top of the three-point arc. He comes around. He lets the defender get behind him on his hip. And then he just pulls up all in, like, one beautiful fluid motion. And that bitch just, like, I drops mean, in. It's
2: exciting because <clears throat> you know B.I. can drop 30, 40 points if he needs to. Mm-hmm. But now it's nice to see him be we, a triple-double threat. Right, right. Like, we don't need you to do that tonight, man. We we need to get other guys um involved in the game. And now he can be the person to do that instead of... You know, quite often we saw last year, uh, B.I. was more of a, do go get a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Not, yeah. yo, run this offense. I, I, and it's nice to see another playmaker out there. And to be honest with you, you know, we were looking for Zion to step up in that role this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's only been one game, but it's clearly it's evident that B.I. has all of the, like, All of the attributes needed to be that guy.
0: Yeah, and I think it's very evident. And this is the most encouraging part: is like when Bi said, "I'm I'm gonna be a leader for this team." You know, that's what I'm paid to do, and that's Mm -hmm. that's exactly what he did. And like he kind of did it beyond what I expected. And I, you know, I've been on the Brandon Ingram train since the very beginning. But like that, he gets an A plus from me just because he backed his shit up you know like he came out and was the leader for the team like he was the leader unquestionably the alpha for the team was Brandon Ingram he made it happen on offense he stepped up on defense um you know he had like you said he had a lot of steals just he impacted every aspect of the game and made his teammates better as a superstar does he was a superstar tonight yeah. not yeah. an
1: all-star a superstar so i remember the prior to the season starting and I might have said it on the last podcast. Um, Tyler had asked me, you know, who's posed to make the biggest jump on the team and I had told him I believed it was it was Brandon Ingram. I thought he was gonna make another jump and and if if tonight is a foreshadowing of what's of, of what's to come for the rest of the season, I mean, I, I don't see a scenario where he's never not our best player.
0: And this and that was against a uh, what we're thinking team, is man. probably one of the best defensive teams in, in the NBA right now. Um, now, it's going to be interesting to see him go up against like longer teams like the Lakers and stuff like that and see if he's still pulling out these things. And I don't expect him to be a triple-double machine like Russell Westbrook or anything. But, I mean, just having that ability to, to kick it to the man he needs to and understanding how to attack defenses, which, you know, it's not just where he can get a shot at and where he gets a spot, but knowing what to do with him and how he can make shots off the dribble, I just, that's the kind of player you need in the playoffs to make deep runs. So, yeah, that's great to see.
1: So just, a, like I said, an overall excellent game for Brandon Ingram. And I don't know. I, I just think he's, I, I know I know the team kind of... Jesse's underselling him. Jesse was I screaming I know, to yeah. the high
0: heavens when Brandon Ingram <laughs> Dude, <his> I just,
1: <laughs> I, I know the team is, is kind of Revolves around Zion, but dude, like we, I, well, we really to be
0: fair. I think our podcast made sure to go Zion and Bi. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I'm like I'm that. just saying, like, dude, if you want my honest opinion, like, this is Bi's team. I I I I right now it is. I I generally I genuinely love watching him play basketball, and the fact that I get a guaranteed five more years of him playing. It, it is amazing. And
2: he, he plays in the position that dominates the game. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like He's a
1: wing player who can get
2: his own shot. Um, he's got handles. And now, like we're saying, we, we were seeing him add that extra dimension to his game. And that's the playmaking dimension for his teammates. So we're seeing the evolution of BI right in front of our eyes. Last year, we saw the scoring element. This year, we're starting to see the playmaking element. And if you could put this together, man, along with better defense, you're looking at like an all-NBA type of talent. So um, I hope it continues to develop for B.I. Today was a beautiful sign, especially after the slow start. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful sign for what the future holds for him in the Pelicans organization.
1: Next person we're going to talk about is Zion. Um, he had 15 points, uh, 10 rebounds, so he had a double-double. But quiet. Quiet quiet double-double. Yeah. Um, got to the free throw line only four times. You know, I mean, in the preseason, especially the first preseason game, I feel like he lived at the line. He turned the ball over a lot. Turned the ball over six times. And yep. and he was only six and a plus minus. Um, and I'll tell you why. So interesting stat, he was a plus 24 with Steven Adams, but a negative 24 with Nicolo Melli. Spacing, right, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, that, I mean, listen. Uh, I, I mean as far as Melly I don't, I don't really know what real quick just to do a quick bonus on him. I don't really know what impact Melly gave us tonight. He was unplayable in my opinion. Um yeah. I don't think he was I think if we do actually become a playoff team and are looking to actually make a run, we're really going to need to look at uh some front court options. Mm. Um but uh, that, uh it's hard to say off one game that could be that game where Melly goes like, you know, off for like 15 points, 5 for 5 from three or whatever. You know, But uh, as far as with Zion, uh, defensively, he didn't look hot, and having a player next to him who also is not going to be that great of a defender is kind of a recipe for a disaster in the frontcourt defense.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just for Zion tonight, I, I just felt like it was a hard game for him because in, in the first two quarters...
0: Toronto game planned for him
1: specifically. Specifically, over, yeah. And they, and they threw double-team and triple-teams at him. And they made it very hard for him to, to penetrate into the lane. So he had to find other ways to get the ball to other players. And, and sometimes he would just try to do a little too much and he would just lose the ball and, and turn it over. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't exactly the easiest game for him, right? Like, you know, you're coming into your second season. It almost feels like it's his rookie season, right? Because last season was just so abbreviated. But, um, I mean, just to come into your second season and and, and have a game plan specifically for you, it's tough for a young player like that. And he's going to have to figure it out.
0: He's, what, less than 40 games into his career, and he's already getting Giannis treatment with defenses? Yeah. I mean, they're building, like, you know, Stan Van Gundy's wall down there uh with uh, three players packed into the paint and you know making them try to make a play. Yeah. Um and it's it's tough for anybody to do that, much less, you know, somebody who hasn't who doesn't have the experience to figure out what to do in those situations yet. And I mean, honestly, it's a it's a lot more to Toronto's defense than anything because when he goes up against teams like I don't know. Uh, you know, we go up against Miami the next night. Uh, they do this, they try to do the same thing and he's just going to barrel past them because they just don't have the, the length inside that and discipline that, you know, Toronto does. And Miami's a great defensive team. Um, yeah.
2: But I, I think you said it perfectly, man. Toronto, came into this game it was like listen you're not zion's not beating us yep you're not beating us with layups you better make your shots i think they saw the preseason right yeah they probably did they saw like this kid's a bully and if if we if he's if he's dominating the game that means he's shooting free throws and he's living in the paint and they just decided that's That's not not gonna gonna happen happen. yep um so yeah it was a tough game but like like bi um like brandon ingram in his evolution eventually turned him into a playmaker that's got to be the next step in Zion's evolution, right? Like, he's got to understand that the defense, the opposing defense is going to create, like, you're going to create a a vacuum that attracts the entire defense when you're in the paint. I would love to see him be more of a playmaker in that opportunity and kind of get other guys open, knowing that the defense is going to, he's going to have three or four guys on him every time he's in the paint. Let's start looking for those other open guys and see what happens. But uh, yeah, Zion what scored fifteen? It was yep. the, it was the most quiet fifteen I've ever seen. There's gonna be there's gonna be nights when defenses don't do this, and they're like, listen, you're not gonna beat us with a three point. And
0: I mean, he had to set out uh, as we've already right. said most of the second quarter too. So I mean, what's his point total if he doesn't do that? Right, you know, yeah. against a defense that I think Zion I scores mean, as, twenty. 20 points easier as, than anybody I've ever seen. In as NBA. much as they didn't let him do anything, he went seven or nine for the field. Yeah. Yeah. And so
2: what's going I'm, to I'm, what's gonna happen is people like BI and Lonzo and JJ and even Eric Bledsoe, like, their shots are going to start falling and they're going to have to start defending the perimeter a lot more. And then Zion has the paint to eat in. So this team is really well constructed. I hope we can keep putting it together. Um, and I hope Zion continues to make steps in the right direction Tonight was a off night for Zion and he was seven for nine with fifteen points.
1: And you know and, it's crazy. It's crazy to see that and that's and that's bringing back to a point that I was just thinking about. I mean, look, if it's not his night and if he's been getting double teamed and triple teamed, I'd way rather somebody else shoot the ball and then him just miss or fight for his own rebound. You know, like, if, if J.J. Reddick can hit from three, if Brandon Ingram can hit from three, if Lonzo can hit from three, if, like, those players can shoot and and make their shot, then, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd way rather them take those shots than for him to just... Yeah, pass it up to those
2: guys. And what did J.J. Reddick say about Eric Bledsoe? He's a fucking shooter. Yeah, so we got another shooter on our team that's going to make yeah. wide-open shots. And we I hope Lonzo sees the value. I mean, I hope Zion sees the value in what he brings as well. Since the defense is going to be so attracted to you, I hope he finds... A lot of um, a lot of pride and success of his teammate teammates because the success from his teammates is going to be a direct variant of what the defense does to Zion.
0: I mean the gravity he he attracts. Right. I mean, right. And that's the like what people don't realize and people who are already like uh, not to take shots, but like uh, and I love the I love the player, uh, but like hey, I would take John Moran over Zion now because of this or that or whatever or his energy and hustle. He is already making an impact that. John Morant can't even hope to do for three or four more seasons. And that's have, he literally has a a smart defensive team game plan just for him. Mm -hmm. And that opened everything up for everybody, for us to win the game by, you know, more than 10 points. And, you know, that's because of the, it's because we adjusted to the game plan that they had on the defensive floor for Zion. He Mm -hmm. made an impact way more than the box score will ever show just because of the fact that they were so scared of him. Right. A dude who hasn't played 40 games in the NBA. Yeah.
2: That's what he brings.
0: I mean, that's that's very hugely understated. Won't be talked about, but that's that's spacing in itself that he's creating for everyone else. He's creating because of that gravity that you guys talk about. Yeah. I mean, that's that's huge, and I think Stan
2: Van Gundy notices that, mm-hmm. and he game planned extremely well um, with halftime adjustments to come out in the third quarter and exploit that. Yeah. And so, like Zion didn't get a lot of shots up. He didn't, but. Team uh, benefited from him being out there. Yeah, I mean, especially if you can shoot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here you go, JJ. Yeah. yeah, I mean, JJ killed it tonight. Absolutely, and I love that. And Antonio Daniels pointed that out. Having JJ on the floor with Zion when you do like Dude. a pick and roll situation, it's like picky poison. Oh man! And tonight that they're poison so nasty. And tonight they decided we're gonna we're gonna sag we're gonna play with drop defense and make sure that Zion doesn't get to the rim. And so they just passed it to JJ, and JJ hit a lot of mid-range shots
0: and and uh
2: quite a few three pointers as well.
0: Yeah, I love and JJ is so are we on JJ now or are we still on Zion? Um we, we can progress. We can go to JJ. It's a natural progress. It's a natural progression. Let's progress over to JJ, because I just want to talk about JJ real quick. He comes in and 23 still and running. 28 minutes. Yeah, they're still running that uh that defense and they're leaving they're running a little zone and leaving the corners open, and JJ like figured that out immediately and they just set a play and ran and he, and he ran straight to the corner and it's like, okay, you want to leave me open? Watch this knocks it down. Like no problem. Cause like, you know, Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker had that shot, uh, earlier in the quarter and they both missed it. And then of course, you get somebody like JJ come in. He's he's not missing that shot. I mean, JJ took but, the second most amount of shots so. on the team, and rightfully so. They were open. They were I open. Mean, yeah, they, oh, shit, take them. But and that's JJ what I'm saying. Like you put him with Zion. Like teams want to do that. Okay. Like I almost want to see JJ with a good chunk of minutes. Like I know defensively he can be minutes, a liability yeah. and yeah. stuff like that, but. Man, the dude is a flamethrower if you give him that kind of room he had to work with tonight. I'm, me,
2: I'm pretty sure JJ's eyes lit up when he saw the defense they were playing. Dude. Especially when they switched his the own for a little while. I mean, come on. He is so yeah.
1: Let me ask you this. Besides Chris Paul, is JJ Reddick the smartest person to ever put on a new old he's, uniform? He
0: he's for smartest me basketball player. For me, absolutely. He's uh he's definitely in the top three smartest NBA players I've ever watched, uh, like for more World than fifty games. He, dude, watch how he adjusts on the fly and how he moves, and just knows the move he's gonna make. If he makes a pass, he knows where it's going. Like everything he does is just so precise, just like Chris Paul in a way. Um, but he can just do it at max speed. And I think you you listen to the podcast with Chris Paul and JJ, and Chris talks about that. He's like JJ is a whole other animal because he can do all these things, but he just does it at full. He does it at full speed. Mm-hmm. Like and it's it's unbelievable like the shots he can get off, um, I mean he is uh, the ultimate professional. Like he his body does not belong in the NBA, and he just the things he does is just amazing. I, I want know. him on. I want him on extending JJ. Oh yeah, oh, I'll yeah. I would him it, too.
1: I think he's an important player to have around for the next two years.
0: And he's really motivating for the young players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know he, he's he's telling Lonzo, Lonzo, shoot the fucking ball. <laughs> He's telling Eric Bledsoe to do it. And Eric
1: I always say you need that guy on your team who's yeah. just who's just straight up blunt with with the other guys on the team who are just kind of
0: exactly wishy washy.
1: You know, you sometimes people don't need options. They just need to be told what to do. And I feel like JJ is the the exact type of asshole you need for this team, right? And 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 you see it translating into the other players.
0: You're absolutely right, Jesse. And he does the little asshole things too like we talk about how he's kind of an asshole but like he's the one like he's, he's, he does the reggie mill you know and he don't he don't give a fuck when he shoots a three he's kicking his legs out yeah and you touch his pinky toe he's going down and he's getting a A one. And you see it all the time. And you he's got so one good tonight. at it. Yeah, he got yeah. one tonight. Yeah. Uh, and it's just... It was the dagger shot. And that's the, 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 the kind of things... The
1: nail in the coffin for us.
0: And that's the kind of things you need to understand as a younger player. That's what you have to do to win basketball games.
2: And I think, like, so when you see the, the Pelicans play, those things really only happen when our veterans are on the court. Mm-hmm. So, like, J.J. Redick, um, uh, Eric Bledsoe, and Steven Adams the entire time we're doing little things like that. I right? mean, you
0: can put like comparisons in there, you know, as we showed the young players got that corner shot they couldn't make it. JJ comes in, he gets his shot, he's right. knocking it down. Sion goes into the paint, he's getting clobbered. He he turns the ball over. Uh, Stephen Adams gets into the paint. He don't even care and he passes it right to the guy he needs to pass it to. You yeah, know. And and, and
2: and like Eric Ble- like just to continue that point. Eric Bledsoe and JJ Reddick come in. They see that they're sagging off on everything. Mm-hmm. And so they just throw up some three-pointers. And they make it. You know, like, I don't know. I Just having a veteran presence on this team so completely changed my mind. Because I was the dude who was just like, man, just blow it up. Like, just go young. Give all of our young guys minutes. And let's just, you know, let, let them grow with each other and figure it out. But, man, like, watching Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams and J.J. Redick play on this team... It's clearly evident the value that they bring not only to this team, but to the future of this organization, just teaching these young guys what to do every day on the court. Um, so, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with JJ Redick today. Put up the most shots besides BI. And, like I said, rightfully so. He saw what the defense was doing and he his eyes lit up and he took advantage. And I'm happy. I'm happy using a
0: Pelicans. You Dude, every really shot he him. shot, I was like, yep, that's going that's in. That's going in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, not obviously, every shot didn't, but. Yeah. Man, he's just... He's fucking crazy. Yeah. He's, Good guy to have. Good guy so, to have. So let's transfer into
1: the opposite. Uh, Nicolo <laughs> Melli. Oh, man, dude. he oh for 4. So oh for 4. He played 13 minutes, and it felt like fucking 26. The game
2: um, looks too fast for him.
1: Oh, man, it, it, he had that stretch last season where I was like, you know what? Just a little bit more, and, and uh, I think he'll get it. Um, but, man, he just... Oh man, he just did not play well tonight. His defense was fucking horrible. Not that he's known for defense, but yeah, not that it's you got to at least be
0: somewhat competent. And he's just he was not that tonight. And he's, you know, he was in the right places, but he just doesn't have the physical ability or athletic ability to really get in there and contest shots or you know run people off. Um, I mean, and that's really. But that's not why you're playing him, right? You're playing him so he can make shots, and shots. he was over three. Both, yeah, um, for he's there to stretch the floor. He does this thing, and somebody pointed this out, which is great. Um, I thought it was really great. I forget who it was, but um, he he does it all the time. They'll close in on him on the three, and he'll pump fake, and then you know he'll just sidestep him, and then or jump in and shoot a long range two. Or like a semi-contested three after that because it, it takes him a little bit to get a shot up, and it's like, man, he sells people on the pumps every time. Why doesn't he just go up and get the foul? Never does that. I thought man, I thought this would have been a good game for Melly because
2: of them just clogging the paint the entire time, but
0: I don't know, man. Melly's hit or miss.
1: Yeah, Melly, which ridiculous. again, this which is a
0: player of his caliber. Yeah, what you eighth, expect. eighth, ninth player on the bench, like that's gonna happen. Like
2: there'll be one or two games where we're like. Well, we will say, Melly, Melly won us that game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and and that's I think the best you can ask for from your ninth, tenth guy.
0: Very sure. Yeah, the front court is just if Steven Adams goes down, uh, man. Uh, yeah, Stan speaking, Van Gundy is not going to have the defense uh, he wants. Good segue no. because
2: his backup was uh, yeah, well, pretty well, terrible. Yeah,
1: let's just go right into it. Uh, Jackson Hayes' minutes were so I I know the 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 loud people in the back are are trashing david griffin for taking jackson hayes over tyler harrow but i mean let's be realistic like it wasn't
0: all david griffin's decision he does have a gm (laughs) you know so let me explain how drafts work people so it's not just one guy who's looking and it's not your fantasy draft and he's looking he's like oh this guy got picked so i'm gonna pick this one and i believe in him it's tons of scouts uh, a whole front office, uh, David Griffin is the vice president, not the GM. So I can guarantee you Langdon is probably more involved than him in the process, almost guaranteed. Um, and you know, it's something that they come together as a team. So, I mean, Griffin does take responsibility, you know, as being the, you know, the head honcho, but it's, it's not just him. So it's not just his draft record. It's not the same thing as Cleveland, um it's a whole different staff different scouts different everything uh so that to your credit jesse that argument by them is pretty valid
1: i mean he just looked like i don't know it just seems like he's still a little too weak
0: yeah no i mean he he still still doesn't have i mean he
1: just still struggles to get he had zero rebounds tonight i mean i know he only played six minutes
0: right but those six minutes he was in the game felt forever. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the point. Is like, right, it's your two other first-round picks. And, like, you know, one's... Uh, Wait, can I cut you off, Tyler? Yeah. Dude, Luka Doncic. We're watching the Phoenix-Dallas game, and Luka
1: is just bricking everything. I mean, I felt like when he was out of the game, they were making a run, and now that he's back in just bricking shit, like they're going to lose now. Ugh. Yeah, he, he looks, looks out of shape. He does look out of shape. But, I mean, he's going to get fouls. And yeah, he's going to get back in the game.
0: Like, Chris... But, okay, back to Jackson Hayes. Uh, Yeah, no, Jackson Hayes, and and I want to point out Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You got a combined total for, uh, you know, a guy who's drafted eighth overall, which is really high, and 17th, uh, you know, and they had a combined nine minutes tonight. And you can tell, uh, you know, Stan tried to play him. um, And, I mean, Nikhil had, like, his good moments, but, like, where, where does he fit in with the roster right now? Like, Naw could
2: potentially be our, our starting two guard in my opinion, especially if JJ leaves and Eric Bledsoe leaves. I
1: think sure. I, you want my honest opinion? I think Naw will eventually take Josh Hart's spot. That could be the case. That's another. That could be another case. I, right. I think. I think Josh Hart is gonna is gonna command a lot of money, and they're gonna look at what Naw gives and what Josh Hart gives, and
0: they're gonna say, well. You know, and I thought Noah and limited
1: minutes tonight looked
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying I'm what I'm. What I'm more saying is, I guess to those people's credit a little bit is that they did only play nine minutes. Um, And I mean, what's what's the what's the method with Jackson Hayes here? Is he is it just not a good matchup for him? Like you know, it's what y'all said. Really, it's a it's a strength issue for real. Uh, I mean, he can't get in there on the boards he gets pushed around a lot. He had a good pass to Zion, but that's his literally only stat he had, a, you know, he had a flat line. He's got the one assist.
1: Yeah, I just think <clears throat> I think his body is still about a year or two away from being
0: in the NBA and his game is about 3. If you're going to be a true 5, right? And you and you're going to be known as a defender, which if you're not a shooter, you you better be a defender. Better, yeah. Um, you have to have a physical presence inside as you see with Steven Adams, Rudy Gobert going down the list. Yeah. If you don't have a physical presence, players are not going to be scary. They're going to go inside. They're going to get you to foul easier. um, all kinds of problems are going to happen that's going to really hamper down uh, your interior defense, and Jackson Hayes right now, that's that's really where I'm more concerned with is struggling. Like, I'm not really worried about him on the offensive side. You don't need to be taking shots. Let him be the rim runner, you know, lob catcher. Uh, it's defensively and on the boards is where he's going to need to step it up. Yeah, he's got to, he's got to at least improve in, in, in one area to
1: where he's, when he's on the court, he's at least a positive there. 'Cause I think overall for tonight, jo, I mean, um, Jackson Hayes was what? Uh, I mean he was a I mean it was only played six minutes, so it doesn't really matter what he was in a plus minus, but like I said, he, he just needs to be able to in the minutes he gets, he needs to produce something. Yeah, I mean six minutes to not get a board a point. You know, it's just like
0: it's kind uh, of a. Yeah.
2: I don't I don't know. I don't know what the future of Jackson Hayes is. You'd hope that he's a threat in a pick and roll. So it opens up some three point shots, you know, because they have to sag off of them. Or you're gonna be on a poster the next day, you know. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know what's the next in his development because right now, whenever he plays, he's not getting rebounds. He's not playing good defense, and he's not a threat on offense. So uh, the only the only way you see him being a positive asset is he's a big rim running, uh, five that, it, it, that 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 can get vertical. At any moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I just don't... With Stan Van Gundy, it seems like those opportunities are going to be less and less. Especially with us running
1: the half court. so well, I, I you know? think I think eventually Stan will go to Hernan Gomez. Yeah, I think there's going to be a point where he's going to look at it and say, uh, I mean, I, I know I need to develop this guy, but we really need just solid 10 minutes from...
0: From and, yeah, and I don't want to overreact on you know one game in in a very short amount of playing time. But true, true. It 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 has to be discussed as far as you know how his development going because it, it, if he hasn't made you know a small jump from last year, that's that is worrisome, you know, in general. He, and go ahead. No, I'm just saying what mm-hmm. he. So what does he do? Extremely well. He he
2: finishes not just dunks. He finishes at the rim extremely well. It's good free throw shooter. Right. He's a good free throw shooter, fast uh, shooter his position. And he's really good in transition. Mm-hmm. So like is there opportunities for that to happen? And tonight it seemed like the very obvious answer was no. You know, it was it was a lot of just half court sets that we had to execute. And that's not the guy you want in there if that's the case.
0: Yeah, because how much of that was because of Toronto's game plan to really pack in the paint it was it, a lot. It was that, that it was caused problems game. for Hayes, you know, yeah. and if it's a team that decides not to do that. Does he excel a little more? Yeah, you know, because a lot of the skills that you talk about that he's good at are taken away immediately by that type of game plan,
2: which is which is frustrating as the eighth overall pick. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see, man. Maybe maybe he's, like Jesse said, he, still, he will get bigger. He will get stockier. He'll.
0: I think it's very safe to say he's still still raw. Mm-hmm. He's still you you can't even really see what his ceiling is yet. So. I would say that's that's the encouraging part, and sure. I'm not going to get down on them just yet. But as Jesse said, Willie Hernan Gomez may be the guy to get minutes. Yeah, you know, we'll see. and if that happens, uh, I mean, a lot of bigs don't end up turning good until like you know, year three, year four. Yeah, I mean, this ha- that happens a lot, to be honest. You know, like with with centers. I mean, Rudy Gobert wasn't th- really anything until like what. I mean, he was known as kind of a defensive stout like year two a little I, bit. I think,
1: I think what you said earlier was really important, right? What Jackson Hayes' progress predicates on the identify or who he identifies as on the court. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be just a rim runner, rim, rim runner and uh, defensive stopper, then, then yeah, he's got to focus on that. But if he wants to stretch his game out a little bit uh, or, or do something different, I, I think that... I don't know. It's, it's developing him is going to be weird, right? I
0: I just think you you have to pick what he's going to be. Yeah, he needs to understand how to play with physicality because as a center, that's just that's what that's yeah. your life. Yeah. You are going to get banged around. Like he's he's got to get used to that. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and the final guy last on the list, Josh Hart. Um he also did not sign a rookie extension. Um Oh man, he's going to be a guy that we we always talk great about just because of his energy, um,
2: but rough, man, I
1: mean he rough night, rough night. I mean he had some. It wasn't, de- it wasn't as rough as I think we th- thought it was. Yeah, I just think that, you know when you get he made when you get some opp- good plays. yeah when you get the opportunity to hit open open threes, and you want to get paid sixty seventy million dollars, you know you you need to make it. You need it, to knock down your shots. Yeah, if you want
2: to, if you want to get paid as a three and D wing, you need to start making some threes, Josh Hart. Yeah, you know, uh, and they, they left him lot open, and what well, he was one for four tonight. And another thing is, last last year he was the one man fast break, and he looks real sloppy on fast oh, break. He looks he looks so so hot. Yeah. That's a
0: pattern too, because he's done that every single preseason. Yeah. So this past these past
2: him. two preseason games, I was like, man, Josh Hart's not even looking for a pass. He's just kind of lowering his shoulder. And it happened again tonight, and he got called for the offensive foul. So, um, I don't know, man. Josh Hart's off to a rough, rough start with the preseason and the first game. But like y'all said, he brings a lot of intangibles. He brings the, you know, the the toughness, the 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 energy. He brought a, a very nice steal tonight, um, and we have shot makers on this team, you know. Yeah. So. We don't necessarily need him to do that, but if they're gonna leave you wide open for threes, we're gonna need Josh Hart to start making those. Yeah, I think absolutely. He,
0: I think he's gonna be interesting to watch for a couple of different reasons. Like, so the first thing is, is like, if Josh Hart, the kind of money he's looking for for us specifically, and like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, you know, that's that's starter level money. You know, he's he would have to set himself out as a starter and take Eric Bledsoe or Alonzo's place in the starting lineup for the amount of money he's probably looking to get paid. Um, And I don't really know if he deserves it right now. Like, he makes hustle plays and stuff like that, energy plays, but those aren't plays that get you paid like that. You know, you you do have to score, Um, and he he does know who he is, and he plays within it, but he's not, you know, he's not a – he can get you a bucket as far as a three and he, he did make his open shot when Brandon Ingram gave it to him on the three and he had that nice and one play. And then he had the nice hustle play and you know, he does give you nice plays and he, he's what you want as a winner, but it's going to be really interesting to see. Cause if that's the type of player he thinks he is, is he going to buy, you know, is he going to become more of a selfish player? Is he going to still play within himself during the season? Yeah. And I, I want to say he's going to be a selfless player because he just seems like that kind of guy. Seems like he loves life. I love, watching Josh Hart and I'm all for him. I just I think to your point Jesse, it's going to be tough. Uh and I think it's just going to be interesting to see what he does. Like does he try to get more shots in because of this extension? Yeah. Um I I think he's going
1: to try, you know? I mean, I think that's that's his, I mean, like any player's overall goal, right, is to yeah, for sure. is to hit the shots you get and to to t- take more shots, but
0: Overall, I just think um, he's kind of playing for his contract life. Because for us, he has to do it like Etuan Moore does, right? He's going to have to play a lot of the backup three.
1: Yeah, it's
0: going to have to. Yeah, absolutely. So anytime Bi he's steps gonna out be, of the game,
1: anytime Bi steps out of the game, he's he's in that he's in that position.
0: This is going to be a tougher season for him because he's going to be playing up against a lot of dudes bigger than him. Yeah, constantly. It, it might not be the best season for him to play for his contract. It's yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch. I I love the player. I hope we can keep him, and I hope Lonzo. I hope everybody has a great season. We can keep everybody, but you know, that's not how it always works out. So yeah. uh, So overall. Oh, uh, I got a quick game to play for y'all. Okay. So y'all didn't do this. I don't know if you checked if you cheated or not. Don't cheat, Jonathan. I see you looking at your phone. Uh, so there was uh, there was 15 players available tonight. Um, four did not play to coach's decision. And we know Kyra Lewis, Willie Hernan Gomez, um, Sandarius Thornwell were three of those guys. But there's one other one. And I just want to test your Pelicans expertise and yep. see if you can name who that was. And nope. I will <laughs> I will tell I was, you this. Uh, You know, uh, Wenyan Gabriel didn't play either because he was out. And the uh, Australian guy, uh, Magnang, isn't with the team yet. So he can't play either. So Thornwell? there's one other guy. Thornwell. No, I already said him. Oh, you did? Let's see.
1: Dude, I don't fucking know.
0: Did you asked us this question and I have no idea. I, yeah. Have yeah. No I idea. haven't looked. I yeah. have no idea.
1: The, this hasn't changed. I'm going to say album. the
0: name and let's just. Okay. And then y'all have to try and guess his position. Okay. okay. Najee Marshall.
1: Uh, he's probably like a forward of some type.
0: Oh, good. Oh, go ahead, okay. Jesse. He is a forward indeed. Okay. Najee Marshall was on the active roster tonight and did not play. Okay, hey, that was that was the. He's a rookie, right? Unrestricted free, mm-hmm.
2: Undrafted so. free agent, right? I think so. I don't check. know. I don't. I didn't read too much. I I remember them signing that. I don't. I I didn't read too much into it because I figured he's not going to be a big deal this year.
0: Yep, he's undrafted rookie out of Xavier.
2: Yeah. Um. But anyway, overall, positive experience tonight. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think B.I. is going to be our DeMar DeRozan, where we trade him for our next superstar. <laughs> um, Dude, you're, you're an asshole. <laughs> I don't think Lonzo Ball sh- <laughs> should be traded for kibbles and bits, like some <laughs> some people out there think. And uh, I think the future is bright for them. And I don't think Zion is someone we should give up on yet. Because he doesn't look like he did in Duke. Okay, I'm not gonna name names, but Michael McNair is a fucking idiot. <laughs> so we need to, like, we need to. And I love that. I love that Pelicans Twitter is fighting back on these bloghead dudes, like these dudes that think they're know, like they, they know everything because they got a check next to that Twitter handle. It's frustrating.
1: I, I think it's a little more than that, right? Like, cause some of those dudes do have like media credentials, and 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 they are. I mean I guess if you were to ask them they, they are intelligent, right? But Yeah, I am very smart. Hey, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I think that's what's what's one of the worst things about Twitter and the NBA, right? Is the fact that we watch forty five seconds of a game and we're already on Twitter debating whether or not that player's future is in jeopardy.
0: Yeah, and these are the same guys that say, you know, don't overreact because of this and that, and they'll be telling you right mm-hmm. after the game, uh, hey, if you had, if you didn't have... Uh, if you had where you... Tyler, you're fucking <laughs> up. <this laughs> I'm I'm trying trying I'm out. Out. I was trying <laughs> to get into hey, It was a stupid <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> it was a stupid question. <laughs> I was trying to read it. It was basically saying if you had some kind of truth serum or something (laughs) like that, who would you really pick, Zion or Ja? Yeah. And it's like, after one game, really? Well, hey, at the end of the day, they are Pelicans fans, and so,
2: you know, we're in that same fraternity of wanting the Pelicans to succeed, so I get it. I just don't like the process that they go about some of their business. But, hey, it's each his own. Yeah. Uh, We all want to see the Pelicans succeed, and tonight they were successful, so it's a good night. Yeah, I mean, can we just...
0: Also, one of my pet peeves have been in general. Can we just, you know, actually talk about basketball instead yeah. of like. Hey, after this, I'll make a pack. We're only going to talk about basketball. Not you, Jonathan. Oh, okay. But, okay, yeah. okay, my bad. No, I
1: just feel so. Yeah, fuck them, like man. I said, um,
0: man, I mean, it's just. Can we stop the rivalry with Memphis, like the only oh, other yes. small market yeah, team yeah. in yeah. the league? Mm-hmm. I agree with can we that. we get the fuck over that one? Yeah, let's. We not, find like, another team, like, you know we all gang up on the Lakers? and Yeah. About that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, right? Like, when you look at... If you think about it, right? Like, back in the day, you really didn't get, like, stats or anything or or understand what a player did until you read the fucking newspaper. Yeah. And, I mean, you really had to base a player's work off of a body of game versus, like, a quick reaction off of of a couple plays. And, you know, like, we could... I mean, technically, that's what we're doing right now, right? We're, we're basing reactions off of one fucking game. But it's actually amazing how
2: much you notice when you watch the full games compared to, like, just the highlights.
1: Yeah. And it really takes that to
2: um, yeah. really really get a full idea of what's going on with the team. Now, unfortunately, we can't watch every single game. I
1: mean, Steven Adams is the embodiment of that tonight. Right. Like you I mean, he had just, eight 8-8, eight, but he did way more than 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah,
2: if you just look at him on the court... Uh, Tonight you clearly see that we're a better team with them on it. But yeah, I agree, Jesse. I agree with all those sentiments.
1: So just to kind of recap the rest of the night the rest of the league. Uh, it looks like the Suns are gonna beat the Mavs here one oh six to one oh two. Uh the Cavaliers beat the Hornets one twenty one to one fourteen. LaMelo was held scoreless. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knicks still suck. Uh, Pacers won 121-107. to 107. Yep. Uh, The Magic beat the Heat 113-107. So nice. we got to go into Miami on Christmas Day and try to beat a pissed-off Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, that's tough. Um, 76ers beat the Wizards, but uh, Westbrook did drop Ben Simmons on a crossover.
2: Mm-hmm. Looked like he tripped, but it was still uh, nice. Was still I nice.
1: guess Jordan pushed off too. You know? <laughs> 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 um, Celtics beat the Bucks off of a fluke dude, and I'm, che- I'm
2: cheering for the bucks man because it drew
1: yeah that was frustrating to see that I don't know it, it do like those bank shots so in a game is just like come on let's be realistic yeah. like, you, you, well
2: then Giannis misses his free throws, throws tie. Yeah.
1: yeah um Hawks beat the Bulls 124 to 104 the
2: Hawks look legit man well yeah. only one game but they look legit
1: uh Spurs beat the Grizzlies 131 to 119 what there was the no fuck? defense in that game whatsoever uh timberwolves beat the pistons 111 to 101 should have kept jello mm-hmm. uh kings beat the nuggets 124 122 Big surprise. buddy healed had a
2: tip in to win it i cannot not cheer
1: for buddy i love yeah. Buddy. and, yeah, and, and good, good job buddy and then the final one which was i mean all we heard all offseason was how well they did in the offseason with their moves the Jazz fucking stomped the Trailblazers one twenty yeah. to one hundred. Yeah, that's a slap in my and face. That's closer than I that mean. Charles was. Barkley said a hundred thousand dollars. The the fucking Portland He's was coming out of the a west. A lot of
0: money gambling before.
1: Yeah, you're <laughs> true, true. I mean, just looking at the box score, I mean, there's nothing really. I mean, Robert Covington one point.
2: Yeah, Damian Lode had a tough game.
1: Yeah, nine. I mean, yeah, dude, it, yeah. I mean, just nothing stands out as like an excellent game from them. And they're um, gonna
0: be Portland's gonna be all right. They're, yeah, gonna, they're gonna, be gonna be a be good team. Right. They're gonna be a good team, but people are like, yeah, they're competing in the finals and stuff like that. Oh, that's a team this is not beating the Lakers. And so, then
1: um the Houston Rockets may never play a game.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That, <laughs> I mean,
0: that, yeah, I forgot all about that. That's a big that, that's dude. a big deal because I you know, the NBA kinda seemed like it has its shit together, but it just goes to show you like players that Kind of, you know, don't really necessarily care. Um, can really jeopardize a whole. Yeah, it takes, yeah, a, it takes I mean? a league
2: like a league wide buy in for this to yeah. work. And dude, think about her- it, dude. Like James Harden has COVID in his beard, like one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's all, that's all <laughs> COVID it <takes>. or herpes. <laughs> yeah, <that's all laughs> it takes.
1: Oh, definitely herpes, dude. James Harden wants to get traded so bad he declared biological warfare on his yeah. entire fucking team. <laughs> it's unreal, Yeah, and I mean,
2: it's crazy for, for something like this to work. Like I said, you need every team to be on the same page. Um, And every player to be on the same page. And all it takes is one guy to go to a strip
0: club to shut down. uh, Yeah, because, I mean, the huge problem is the NBA is really serious about the contact tracing. So Houston couldn't even get eight players together today because of that. Yeah. You know, because, of course, they're playing basketball, so they're all near each other. So nobody's going to pass the contact tracing test. So, therefore, games postponed. And, you know, that's going to be really interesting because, you know, is the season going to get postponed? Like, what happens to, you know, when can Houston play again? Like, uh, are they going to be able to play the next game? And nobody knows what's happening with Harden. Let
2: them play with six. This Pelican, is going to be
0: the interesting thing. This is going to be where Pelican, fortune comes bad. into play. And this is something I thought that, the you know, might have happened in the bubble but didn't because the bubble was, like, on absolute lockdown. Um, but this is something that can actually now happen with the real world and the play is that some teams, somebody else – it happened in the first game so somebody else is going to catch it some some other team is going to get it and mm-hmm. you know uh, that other team is going to come in on a night where you know Giannis is out because of COVID well, luckily luckily or something the like
2: NBA that. has a little bit more flexibility than yeah. the NFL mm-hmm. you know
0: you can kind of flex games mm-hmm. um well the are the schedule's are already pretty tightly condensed so, that's, that's the interesting part.
2: They'll, uh, they
1: ooh, look at Drew. Drew with the
2: step, step back to put him up by one. What a no, play. but
0: uh,
1: they'll, I think if if they can't make a game up on the front end, they'll add it to the back end where the season's not, you know, totally locked down. So, you know, after the all-star break, if they got a game that they, they have to make up, they'll figure it out, you know.
0: Are we so. trying to be one of the 750 people in the Pelicans arena?
1: I don't know if I can afford it. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <right now. laughs> I mean, I'd like to go to a game. Um, Kick the feet up. I think the second half of the season, I don't know. I, I'm i not going to get into this COVID talk about who's going to get the vaccine and when things are going to get back to normal, but, you know, we'll see. So that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, we'll be back. <sighs> yeah,
2: we play Miami Christmas.
1: Christmas. Yeah.
2: Christmas. We'll probably... any, pr- any predictions?
0: Wait, Uh, let's. what games we got coming up? Throw up the schedule, Jesse.
1: Throw up the schedule. So the games that are coming up for the Pelicans, obviously, like we said, we will be playing Miami on Christmas Day
0: for that game. Uh, is Jimmy Butler playing
2: in that one? Pretty Jimmy sure. Are. Yeah, I mean, that team's going to be pissed off coming yeah. off of a loss. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, it's it's in Miami. I look for Zion to bounce back that game. I really don't think they have some uh, – they're not going to run a defense like uh, like Toronto.
0: Um, I mean, they might try, but they don't really have right. the bodies to throw down there. Yeah, I think I think
2: Zion plays extreme, is going dead. to play
0: extremely well. Like
1: yeah. the heat. So my schedule thing, the Pelicans app is frozen yeah, right now. Uh, so.
0: Yeah, I'll try to find it. It's whatever.
1: We'll talk about it next time.
2: Yeah, for sure. We're just worried about, hey, one game at a time. Game, yeah, you
1: no, know what we the problem is? Eight. We We focused on like four and five games yeah. last year with this podcast. One game at a time, one win at a time, and... You know, hopefully, hopefully, we have more games like tonight and we just keep on, uh, we keep on winning. Well, you got to give a Christmas Day prediction, Jesse. Uh, I'm going to heat. I mean, I'm just being real.
2: I think, um, I'm going to drink lots of eggnog and, uh, hopefully get a little tipsy off of it. Yeah. That's my prediction. Prediction, yeah. yeah. Your prediction. You're yeah.
0: going to enjoy your, your Christmas. Enjoy day? Christmas, yeah. Yeah, enjoy my eggnog. Jasper's
2: like what? Like, That dude already got more Christmas presents than I ever have in my entire lifetime. (laughs) His grandparents are already spoiling him. He's three months old.
1: Hey, that's how it's got to be, man.
2: Get package after package in the mail for this kid. Hey, he did wear his Pelican shirt today. I'm just waiting for him to be able to talk and we'll kick you off the pod.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, shit. Tell me how you really feel. Maybe we'll just get Tyler's brother to replace him. Hey, what's what's
2: Hunt up to? Uh, I don't
0: know. Yeah, Let's ask. Yeah, we'll hit him up. We'll, we'll bring the, him in as a guest. The better nigh. The better nigh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Dude, he would have some hot takes though. If he would bet, come in here. I bet him.
2: he would. I'll follow him on Twitter. That dude's hot take after hot take.
0: So uh that's
1: gonna be it for this week's podcast. Like I said, we'll be back probably after the new year. Um Absolutely. Realistically speaking, when hey. we can y'all get in a room together. Y'all have a happy
2: holidays and a and a happy new year.
1: Yep.